Welcome to Dying to Ask the Road to Tokyo. I am going to make a prediction. Here it is. You ready? Race walking is going to have a whole lot of new fans this summer, thanks to all the people who discovered walking during the pandemic. Are you one of them? There were days in my neighborhood where it looked like a track because of people taking laps around the block, taking their calls, chasing their kids trying to get away from their kids, whatever. We were just all out there walking and uh, I don't know, felt good. Well, today you're going to meet America's fastest walkers. Robin Stevens and Nick Christie are America's top race walkers. And they're also a real life couple. So covering them is like a two for one. It's like Olympic BOGO. They were the last two athletes that I actually met in person for a shoot before the pandemic really exploded. Dami, my partner and I, we spent a day with them at the beginning of all of this. Um, right before, like literally a week before everything happened. So it was probably beginning of March. And it was the first time that Dami and I had ever covered race walking as a sport. So here's what I remember from that day. Number one, they are the cutest couple ever. Like so cute that if they weren't also such great people, you would totally hate them. Not really, maybe a little, but they, they really are, they're lovely. And then two, they are some of the fittest people I've ever seen in person. Seriously, every muscle, arm, leg, whatever, so sculpted. And every muscle does something toward the sport. It is incredible, the endurance and the strength it takes to be a race walker. I sound totally creepy telling you this, but it's true, really. Okay, and then three, they are so fast, like so fast. They're technically walking, air quotes, but this is not like the walking you and I are doing around the neighborhood. Robin, I'm gonna impress you here. She can do a half marathon, so 13 miles in an hour and 38 minutes. I can't run it that fast. Nick can do a full marathon, 26 miles, three hours and 20 minutes. It's mind blowing. So here's the skinny on how the sport works. And I'm gonna read this straight from the USA uh, track and field website. All right, here we go. Race walking differs from running in that it requires the competitor to maintain contact with the ground at all times and requires the leading leg to be straightened as the foot makes contact with the ground. It must remain straightened until the leg passes under the body. Do you get that? <laughs> this is what gives it that like little swing, right? So the judges then evaluate the technique of the race walkers. They report fouls, which may lead to disqualification. All judging is done by the eye of the judge and no outside technology is used in making judging decisions. There's no replay crazy. So this is a sport that you see on TV. And I know you think this, you think, how hard can that be? I can do that. Trust me, you can't. I can't. It is so much harder than it looks. On this time to ask the extreme lengths that Robin and Nick went to, to not get COVID, the little contact they've had with anyone but each other, how that's going relationship wise, how to dig deep to find happiness and joy when you don't have a lot of control over anything. Robin has what I'm going to call practical zen, and her mental health hack is a game changer. Catch them if you can. Robin Stevens and Nick Christie are on this week's Dying to Ask. Olympians, they're just different. Sure, they're fitter and faster, but they're mentally different too. Because when the body breaks down, the Olympic mindset takes over. And this year, with the first 
ever delayed Olympics, that mindset is more important than ever. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I have covered the last 10 Olympics for Hearst Television. 20 years of studying and, well, obsessing about how Olympians do life. These are the stories of how Team USA's athletes get to the top of a podium and how you can get some Olympic edge in your life coming out of one of the most challenging years ever for all of us. This is Dying to Ask, The Road to Tokyo. Robin and Nick, it's great to see you guys. Great to see you too. Great to see you too. All right, so where are you? I don't think you're still in Vacaville. You've moved on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, because of the pandemic, we ended up in Mojave. <laughs> <laughs> Training up at the mountains. So, you know, we, we had to kind of swap our schedule around a little bit, but you know, we plan to get up to Vacaville before uh, our Olympic trials in June. So, well, you know, it's interesting how many people have in your position have sought out some of these more remote places. And some of it is to get to altitude, to get the training, but a lot of it is just to get away from people and germs and COVID <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely provides a lot more peace of mind. Yeah. It was for both, <laughs> for both reasons to get away. And then also altitude. Oh, before the pandemic, we were going to go to Spain for a couple months leading into the Olympic trials and their altitude is about the same as where we are in Mojave. So it kind of matches where my coach is. So it also worked out that way too. Yeah. Well, we all had lots of plants last year and we all know what yeah. happened to those. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about what you guys as race walkers have done over the last year. I mean, it, if you compare your sport to say rowing or um, any kind of like team sport, you have been in kind of a unique position in that you could at least continue doing your support, your sport. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't really, uh, nothing's changed much, uh, other than, um, the racing and we go, we, our first race was February 25th and our next is April 11th. Yeah. Like, like really it's, for us, it's been the same, same old business. You know, we had to set up a home gym and we had to, um, you know, we've, we've been very thankful with our sponsor decathlon sent us like an elliptical and some, some, a lot of equipment Lower. and stuff just, so, <laughs> yeah, just so we could, we could get all our different cross training in inside and, and not have to rely on the gym and then we can lift our weights and everything. But as, as far as everything else, like it's, it's pretty, pretty normal. We're just not, we're racing less. So then we're able to train more. So like, uh, I, I think that's, a, that's actually the biggest thing you'll see. I think a lot of distance athletes have had like some really good times coming off of the uh, pandemic because we've just had much longer blocks of training than we normally would because we'd normally be racing every couple weekends, you know, like once a month or something. Yeah. So. That's such an, that's such an interesting point. And I've been, I've been hearing a lot about some of the runners, like some young runners, especially who maybe you haven't heard their names who have had nothing to do, but run and, or swim or race walk or do whatever. And so it will be interesting as these trials come up to see who are those names and what have they been doing over the last 365 days for you. I mean, we all have had our fears with COVID for an athlete though, especially an endurance athlete with like what you guys do, what were the biggest questions that you had and what was the scariest thing about this last year for you? The long-term effects of um, like possible heart conditions. Um, we had read articles and been listening to a lot of podcasts and uh, just hearing about uh, like 
how the long-term effects to where you could recover or not have any symptoms, but then later have symptoms. Yeah. Like, like the long COVID sounds a lot like overtraining, you know, and and like if, if anyone's ever overtrained before, like an endurance sport or just any sport, like you, you just hit a brick wall and then like, you can't, you can't do anything. Or like if, if someone, it's not like a lot of the effects either sound like overtraining or like mono Mm -hmm. and like, like those things, like, you, you just can't come back from them for like, like weeks. And like, even if, even if you don't get like long-term side effects, like just any respiratory illness for like an endurance athlete, like you're probably out two weeks while you're recovering. And then like, you know, while you have the illness and like another two weeks while you're coming back and then you lose probably like six weeks of fitness that is just gone. So like, that's like a, you know, a 12th of the year. So it's like, that's a, that's a significant chunk. And then before any competitions mm-hmm. or anything, like, you know, not knowing when the competitions will be like our, our 50 K nationals got rescheduled a couple times, um, before the competition. So it's like, if you want to be, yeah. you want to be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, whenever. You, you need so to be you ready. Risk getting uh, sick. And that's what we've been telling a lot of the younger athletes and, and, uh, other athletes in the, um, and, uh, race walk community is like, Hey, we've got a race coming up. It's uh, we have all the judges, we have all the, uh, officials, we have, you know, it's certified. It's on the calendar right now. Uh, you know, you better show up to this race because we don't know if there will be another one because like, right. Yeah. Just getting the judges to the races has been difficult because we need, you know, three world athletic certified judges. Mm-hmm. Um, then we need another, you know, three judges that are like masters U S level. Um, cause without that, it won't yeah, count for it, points it just towards the, won't the count or and... rankings. It won't count towards Olympic qualifications. So it's like, if you don't have that, then it's like, uh, just the logistics of everything have gotten much, much more complicated than they already were. And they were already sometimes difficult to, uh, procure right. all elements. And, and we're already in a judging, like judge deficit. So <laughs> we want to protect our judges as well, because we don't have that many that have the certification that we need. And, and a lot of them are older than 65. So before the vaccine came out, we wanted to make sure we're not putting them at risk and, yeah. Cause like for, for our event, you know, it's not just, it's not just us, like the judges have to arrive, like, like they have to be there. And, and a lot of them do have pre-existing conditions and are, you know, in that high risk category for, for getting COVID. So just being very cognizant and like empathetic towards like their needs and everything where it's like, do we need this race right now? Or can we like push it back? A right. Mm. And that's ultimately, what you know, for our 50 K. What- people might not realize about the two of you is that you're both very um, established veterans in the sport, but you're also a big part of, as you were just talking about, you're a big part of making the sport happen right now. I mean, you're really leaders within your sport of getting these races on. Yeah. Yeah. So Robin's um, one of our athlete advisory committee um, uh, at large representatives. And then I'm the uh, men's race walk event leader for, for USA track and field. Um, athlete advisory committee. So like we have to, you know, we're on all the meetings with all the different athletes from the different event groups and track and field and, you know, getting, you know, kind of the skinny on everything. And then just really trying to translate that to uh, um, the other athletes in our, in our event and just letting everybody know, Hey, <laughs> you know, like you got to show up to this, this event. If, if, you want, <laughs> like, if you want any hopes of qualifying, like, like this is the, this is the list. Like, like you, you need to go to these races or you need to do this. Like, yeah. like just trying to be as, you know, thorough as possible with that and make sure everybody knows. What's but, up. You, and, 
<laughs> and you got to be willing to come out of the bubble a little bit to do it. And I know you guys have been in quite the bubble for the last year. Was yeah. it weird when you guys did go to compete at the 50K Nationals? Was it weird to be out of that bubble and kind of back in society again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it felt it felt like we stepped into like a sister planet. That's how it, <laughs> I can describe it. <laughs> because it's all people we're familiar with, but we haven't seen them other than like with a screen or you know, on Zoom meetings and stuff. And so now we're seeing them in person and it's just kind of, yeah. It was and, <laughs> yeah, the other thing you don't realize is everybody has this mask on and everybody's hair is like, you know, six inches longer. So, you know, you, you don't recognize everybody just, just at first glance sometimes. <laughs> so, <That's true. laughs> so, you know, everybody, but like, you, you're like, wait a second. Is that, is that Tom? Is that like, who is that over there? The men have been the <laughs> most fun to see. They show up. With the I big... that. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, did it, did it feel good though, to get back out and compete? Did it feel like after this crazy year, like a little bit of normalcy again? Yeah, and you did. both like dom. You both dominated your races, so I'm sure that felt pretty darn good. But but did it feel good just to be around people and be doing what you do again? It did um, for me because I'm so used to I'm comfortable being isolated, um, so I don't even notice if I like I don't notice I'm affected by it or whatever. But then being there, it's it's noticeable like rejuvenation, like where I feel like a little bit of more of energy and it's like, oh, okay, I guess I have been affected by not being around a lot of people. Cause this is, this is okay. I can maybe, I can do this. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> this is familiar. I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yeah, had, I, a I think even, even us introverts are like, let's get out. <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah. I think, I think one of the, the biggest things is like, a. Uh, one of the guys we trained with Perseus from um, Sweden, he was, he was down in Zihuatanejo for a training camp he'd invited us to, and he was sending us photos of all the, the fresh cut tuna he was eating every morning. And, and like, that was like really- Sushi? <laughs> yeah. We haven't had sushi in over a year because we're scared to get anything not cooked <laughs> that, and we don't make it. So <laughs> yeah. he's been sending us pictures of sushi and we're just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I think that's like one of the big things is like just kind of seeing some people are a little more comfortable going out and stuff and it's like eh, i'm not i'm not quite there yet because like it's yeah we're yeah. not there yet i got my first shot he still needs to get his he'll get his this week but we're not doing it until 14 days after our second shot we're not going to go anywhere <laughs> except for where we have to for the yeah. race and yeah so as you've been <clears throat> training on your own whether it's up in the mountains or, or back in vacaville um, what's it been like, you know, basically training together and, and training wherever you are? I mean, I know you guys have set up, I know this from Instagram, you have like the most amazing home gym now, thanks to your sponsor <laughs> sending you stuff, but the home gym has become for all of us, especially for athletes, um, this incredible asset, if you can stay focused and use it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, the gym, I, I personally love the home gym because it's, you know, I, I think it's a lot easier. I know some people don't like like, uh, you know, it's harder to like do the workout at home. Like I, I, I love the home gym. Like I don't have to work into sets like a, like a, you know, 24 hour or something. Um, but we're, we're still trying to build a sauna. Like that's, that's like on the to-do list, you know, to get the, the complete DIY sauna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, Oh my I'll... gosh. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he started, <laughs> started. It's, it's, uh, it's a while to clear out the spot that, that we want it to go, but he has to pace himself too, so he doesn't get injured. Yeah. You know? Cause I, like yesterday he started right, right. 
started digging and I'm like, okay, we have a race. I gotta <laughs> be careful. Like, it's like, I know I just have to do a yeah. little dent. For the same reason, not having to wait to, to cut in or the guys thinking they can dominate the, you know, the squat rack area. Yeah. But, <laughs> we can um, just be mad at each other when we can't, can't do our squats. Or- <laughs> <laughs> well, because his is always a little bit higher. <laughs> and then he'll forget. And then he has these huge weights on both sides and he'll forget to put it lower. So then I'm like, Hey, can you come in and lower it really quick? <laughs> or I just take, oh. my you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> what, what an advantage though. It seems like the two of you have had in that you have each other, because I would imagine for a lot of athletes, especially those who are maybe younger and newer to this level of competition this last year, I mean, it's been hard for all of us, but I would imagine for an athlete trying to stay focused for another year, for an Olympics, it would be that much tougher. What's been the greatest thing about having each other to, to support each other? From, um, having the support, having each other, <laughs> uh, I know that there's, um, other athletes, uh, one of my competitors and friends, Alana Barber, her boyfriend's from Poland and she's in New Zealand. So they didn't see each other for almost a year. Um, so that's nice to have, we're able to, to have each other to train with, but, uh, not having someone, not having my coach there to check in on my technique every now and then. And I'm very like a stiffler on that and, and trying to make sure it's perfect. And so uh, I send him videos that helps, but having him there, um, who's one of our best technicians in, in the world at that race walk is an, another plus is like, I can just ask him like, how's it look? And he's like, oh, it looks good. And then um, if I forget to like mention something to my coach, Yacinto, he'll mention it, or he knows kind of their, the training too, because he had trained with the Spanish team before he started coaching me. So then he can translate some of the stuff because he had just started coaching me right before the, like in December, before the pandemic. Now we've had a full year. Um, so some of the stuff that would get lost in translation and, and Nick could kind of decode some of, some of it just because he had trained with them. Before. Right. Like, I'm not sure what Yacinto <laughs> means by this. And, and. So that helped me. Like that's more. That's of an great. <laughs> and Nick, how about for you? It's just nice to have someone out there. So like, you like, better say something really nice because she just <laughs> totally fangirled all yeah. over you. I mean, like, like for me, like uh, when I'm training a lot, like, like sometimes it's, uh, you know, like I hate the I hate long days. Like I hate you know the 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 biggest mileage days. So like when Robin's out there, like it's it's a lot easier. Like especially when she's like like she's, she's on it. So, so, uh, it's a lot easier to go out there and then just having, like, just having someone there next to you is, is like really good. Like I've, I've, you know, I've been someone who will try to trace training, training camps, like before Robin and I were together, I would like go to, you know, different countries or different, different groups, and then just try to train with whoever I could. So I wouldn't have to train by myself. So like, like, um, you know, that I get to train next to my girlfriend and, uh, <laughs> it's um, pretty nice. That's a, that's a bonus. So like, it's just, um, yeah, just having someone there, like it's, it's a, a huge benefit. And then, you know, obviously she's super fast. So then it's, uh, um, you know, most days we can train together. So, so, right. and she's, she's pretty cute. So that probably yeah. doesn't hurt either. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems to me that whoever does make this team this summer, not only will they be the most physically fit, they're going to be the most mentally fit because resilience will play a key role in who was able to hang in over the last year. So what have you both learned about Olympic resilience, Olympic athlete mindset that maybe might surprise people? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think like like you see a lot who who's good at the details. 
like mm-hmm. like uh, it's it's kind of crazy like we were at our 50k nationals and how many people just got disqualified like uh in our event and like that's you know we've been we've been huge sticklers on on technique like robin was saying like we're we're doing drills all the time and like like that's something that's really easy to forget like when you're not having someone there next to you to tell you to do it and it's like like uh just like little details like that and like like, keeping up on massage so like we got a massage gun to kind of help because that was a big issue and keeping up on those little things that if you don't do it it can kind of affect your technique and affect yeah recovery and because like you know I haven't you know I have neither of us have had a massage by you know a professional other than each other since you know March of 2020 or, or February of 2020 so it's like it's it's been quite a, you know, like, like a lot of little things like that, where it's like, you don't necessarily think about it till you don't have it anymore. And it's like, right. Who has been able to procure like a, a way to do that without, you know, right. necessarily a professional there for to do things it. to work around it yeah. like for like chiropractic. Like I used to get regular chiropractic work because of the way my neck and back is. And so then I'm doing I connected with my coach and then my physical therapist and then contacting all of them. What can I do to make sure I don't get too out of alignment? And, and then that's getting geared. So special weight training. Now there's more, there's stuff that I'm doing in the weight, like the weight training room that I wasn't doing before, just to make sure I strengthen those areas so that it doesn't get out right. of alignment. Yeah, like so that that seems like such a great lesson though for all of us. Like take care of the little things and be attentive to the little things, no matter what it takes to be attentive to them, because the little things create the big things right. and the big results. Yeah. yeah that's great. That's great. So what happens here? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, just I think that what I've noticed is just also like who who needs um a plan to be able to stay focused and who doesn't. So um I've, I've had to go through a lot because the guy stepped away for 12 years and then he came back. And so for me, when the, the pandemic uh, hit, it was just like, well, just plan as if there are races because nothing changes except for the date of the race. Um, so then it's just like, but when the races come back, they're generally going to come back around the same time. So then you just stay focused. So then it's easier to stay focused because you're just planning as if life hasn't changed. You're just stepping outside for a little bit. And so that when right. you get back in, you're ready. So that's how I approached it was like, okay. I think a lot of us gave up on planning in general over the last year, but it, but I think you're right. Like having that plan and those goals, even if they're self-imposed and a self-imposed calendar is crucial to, I think, getting through things like this. So what happens here for the next couple of months? What, what will it take for both of you to qualify for the team? So the uh, big event for us next, next week, April 11th, we have our Pan American cup trials in Philadelphia. Um, that that'll be our first 20 K in well over a year. Almost two years. Yeah. We haven't done one since 2019. Um, so that, that'll be our first 20 K in a long time. So that for Robin, that should give her a chance to hit the Olympic standard. If not, it'll just help her, you know, get a little bit higher on the world rankings and maintain her position. Um, for me, that'll, that'll help me get uh, a little bit higher on the world rankings. I'm like right on the edge right now for the 20 K. So, uh, yeah, I'm just lacking races. Then, uh, the next race will be May 8th and 9th in, uh, Guajaquil, Ecuador. I think, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, coastal, coastal town in Ecuador. Um, that's our Pan American cup. 
So that'll be uh, uh, 20K and 50K for the men and 20K and 35K for the women. So uh, right now I'm, I'm planning to do both and, and go back to back days because, uh, you know, the, the route to the Olympics might require like a, a certain a certain performance on on uh, on each of those those competitions. So it'll be a pretty crazy double. And then Robin, um, he can also benefit from bonus points because yeah. there's extra bonus. Points yeah. So each, each race has a has a value attached to it. So Pan American Cup, because it has all of Pan America has like a higher value than, you know, like a uh nationals like like a national championship or like a a you know a pan am trials race in the u.s or something so th- there's there's that detail and then we're right right setting up a uh 10, 000. so so robin should race 20k in, in a pan american cup and then maybe the 35k so it's still kind of sorting out what happens next week and to make these final determinations um then we have a 10,000 meter uh that we're setting up in chula vista i think it was may 29th was that right? May twenty um, eighth or 29th. It's a uh, uh, ten thousand meters. So it'll be part of the um, track series wow. that you track and field is setting up. The journey to gold that they had put together. Yeah. So then uh, that'll count for our twenty k ranking. Right. Then, uh, um, at the you know a couple days later. And that May, one will be good for like the younger two because they haven't stepped up to twenty yet. So then they have that ten k because you get one off distance to go towards the twenty k ranking. Yeah. And then hopefully, hope. And then hopefully this summer on to Tokyo. Yeah. So then finally, June 26th will be our 20K Olympic trials. And then uh, that'll be the last, right now it looks like it's the last race on the calendar. So that's, that's just the day where we, you know, seal the deal. <laughs> and Incredible. Be- All right. So how, what is the best way for everybody to keep up with you guys? Um, I'm at Robin Design, R-O-B-Y-N, and then Design. And then I'm Christie. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Good luck. Stay healthy. Stay together. Don't get sick. <laughs> all the good stuff. Use your hand wipes, all that. <laughs> and we'll hopefully see you in Tokyo this summer. Thank you. Thank you. One interesting and kind of maddening thing about being a track and field athlete in an Olympic year is that with rare exception, you do not know that you are an official Olympic team member and that you're going until the track and field trials. They don't happen until the end of June. And then within weeks, you hop a plane to go to the Olympics. I mean, if you're a planner, it's awful, (laughs) really bad. That is how it works in a country that does a trial system. You can have a lifetime of results, but it can all come down to one day of competition. Crazy, right? If you have an Olympic question, use the hashtag AskFitz on social media, and I'll be answering some of them in a future episode. You can also DM me on Instagram. You'll find me at RunReadSip. No parameters on the questions. You can ask anything you want. It could be about some of the dumb stuff you've seen me doing on TV at the Olympics over the years. You can ask about athletes, events, whatever you want. COVID, you can go there, whatever. Whatever you want, I'll see if I can get an answer for you. Thanks for listening, rating and reviewing, and I will catch you next time on Dying to Ask, The Road to Tokyo.